Welcome to another episode of Kidney Corner. I am Kim Maynard, pre-transplant and living donor coordinator for the Integris Health Nasi Zudi Transplant Institute. Today I have with me Megan Barton, our physician assistant, and we're going to discuss the signs of kidney rejection today. Also with us, we have Mary, who helps work in marketing and helps us with all of our podcasts. She's also learning about transplant and is here to help ask some questions that you guys might have so we can get those answered for you. So welcome guys and thank you for coming. Megan, could you quickly tell us how long you've been with NZTI and maybe what a physician assistant is? So I am celebrating my eighth year anniversary this year with the kidney transplant team, and I provide several different roles for the team. I'm seeing patients to be evaluated, to be placed on the list. I'm following them while they are waiting for a transplant. I'm also sometimes involved in the transplant itself in the operating room. And then I'm following them in the hospital after surgery and for any hospitalizations after that, any complications, as well as in the outpatient setting in the transplant clinic. All right. So let's discuss a little bit about rejection. And Megan, there are a few different stages of rejection that we watch in our transplant patients. Um, Today today we're going to focus more on the acute rejection, but can you just briefly walk us through the different types of rejection that there are? So rejection can happen immediately after surgery or many years after surgery. Rejection types are classified as acute, which is usually a more rapid onset with more damaging uh, outcomes and some more indications that are actually occurring in real time. Chronic is a slower process, usually a longer onset that is a little bit more difficult to detect. So if we're gonna talk about acute rejection, What classic symptom should a transplant patient be looking for and reporting to their transplant team that might be the sign of rejection? So there are many signs of rejection. Some of them can be a rise in your creatinine, which is a lab that usually your transplant center will see. Uh, But at home, you could notice things like a decreased urine output, pain around your transplant site, fatigue, weight gain, swelling of your legs, fever, uh, any uremic symptoms like nausea, vomiting, confusion, shortness of breath, and just overall feeling bad. So I would assume that the earlier these symptoms are reported to the transplant team, the better the outcome? Yes, of course. So a rejection can progress into a much more severe category that is sometimes more difficult to treat. So typically, the sooner it is caught and treated, the better response will be. So once rejection starts, it's not always going to end in the loss of the kidney. There are steps that can be taken maybe to reverse that rejection. Is it actually reversing or just stopping the rejection at that point? So there are steps that can be taken to do both. Uh, We are 90% successful in treating acute rejections if they are caught early. Um, So no, it does not mean that the patient will lose the kidney. It can be reversed. However, if the rejection goes on too long, it can cause permanent scarring of the kidney. And if rejection does occur and the kidney cannot be saved, would that patient still be able to have another transplant? Yes, possibly. So some of it depends on the cause of the rejection. Unfortunately, uh, we see some noncompliance in our patients. So in those situations, we may question whether transplanting another organ into this patient is the best 
for the patient and for the center. Um, in other cases, patients may be a high risk from an infection standpoint or have a lot of complications following their first transplant. And in that instance, we'd have to discuss as a team, they would be going back through the evaluation process and it would be decided upon if they would be a candidate for another transplant. And is rejection common or have we been able to find an accurate dose of those anti-rejection medications to prevent this from happening? Rejection is not common, but it can happen despite patients' best efforts for compliance and despite transplant centers monitoring these patients closely. And everyone's immune system is different and each patient's medication regimen can look a little different. So what we do is we monitor these medication levels to most accurately maintain a level of protection. And is there a specific category of patients that are at high risk for rejection? So some patients do have highly sensitized blood at the time of transplant, meaning that they have been exposed to foreign DNA in the past. And this can be seen in previous transplants, blood transfusions, and pregnancies. Also, the ethnicity of a patient can cause them to be at higher risk for rejection as they do have more of a robust immune system. There's also times when patients are ill with various types of infections or viruses, and that requires us to decrease their immune suppression. And this category of patients can be at higher risk for rejection as well. So I assume that the best way to prevent rejection would be taking your anti-rejection medications and coming to your doctor po doctor's appointments, right? Yes, being diligent about taking your medications on time and making sure that you have your follow-up appointments with your transplant center. And for those patients that do at some point in time possibly lose their insurance or that are unable to afford their medications, making sure that we're contacted and notified. And our patients have labs drawn before their appointments. Are there markers that we're looking for in those labs that maybe can show early rejection? Yes, so as I mentioned earlier, creatinine can be a marker of rejection if that is elevated. Um, also electrolytes such as the potassium if that is elevated. And then we look at their prograph levels too, one of the immune suppression medications, because that tells us if they've been either A, compliant with taking their medicines, or B, if that medicine needs to be increased. There are also some more specific and complex blood tests that allow us to detect antibodies in the patient's blood, as well as markers of damage, and those are ordered if issues are suspected. So Megan, anytime we meet, I always ask you to give maybe your final advice for listeners and I'm going to go out on a limb today and say that you're probably going to say take your medications after transplant as prescribed. Make sure you're having your labs drawn as scheduled and make sure that you're going to all your follow-up appointments. Am I close to being right there? That is correct, Kim. You know, rejection can be a scary word for transplant patients. However, as I discussed, more times than not, we are successful at treating these as they occur. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for coming and discussing that with us today. Um, if you guys have any other questions that you would like answered or anything that you just want to know about transplant, please reach out to us at 405-949-3816. Once again, that's 405-949-3816. You can email us at kidneytransplantinfo at integrisok.com. That's kidney transplant info at integrisok.com. 
And thank you everyone for listening and have a great day.